Sunday the 2nd of September. I've taken to walk into the forest park most mornings. There's a spot I find just behind the peace maze on a patch of grass off the main path where I can perch unseen facing the frothing willow herb, its feathered seeds blowing away in the breeze. From here, I gaze at the mountains on the horizon or watch the rabbits run in and out of the warrens. Sometimes they come right up to my stillness, about 20 of them, all twitching noses and scampering shapes. The horizon at my old house, County Fermanagh, was Colca Mountain, as flat and inviting as an outstretched palm, a plateau of protection. Now we share space with the Mourne Mountains, rearing up with textured undulations, valleys and peaks. Our Narnia. I long to run into the crevices and along the jagged edges. As time goes on, the Mourns and I will inhabit each other. Here, the traffic doesn't purr as loudly as it does in our garden. I lie back and watch the jackdaws as the heat of the day starts to rise. The birds cavort playfully, their space invader sound effects reverberating against the forest floor. I feel the ground move, as I often do. I feel all the movement down below, all that life, and it's in me too. As I head back to the house, pausing by a huge patch of willow herb, I can hear the grasshoppers still singing. The house is busy. School starts next Tuesday and uniforms for Lorcan and me hang on the kitchen door like a taunt. The emptiness of the garments hanging loosely, waiting for me to fill them. I wonder if they will get torn by others. I move stiffly towards the throng of the kitchen, making sure not to brush any nearer before I need to. The map is on the table and there is a strong smell of coffee. Blanet is dressing dandelions into a notebook. Lorcan is reading an Osborne history encyclopedia. He's still fascinated with communism and the Cold War, hammering sickles drawn on paper around him. When we, by we I mean autistics, get interested in something, most people would call it an obsession. It really is not an obsession though. It's not dangerous, quite the opposite. It's liberating and essential to the workings of my brain. It calms and soothes. Gathering information, finding patterns, sequencing and sorting out is a muscle I must flex. I prefer the word passion, yes. And it's absolutely essential that we get to follow our passions. Our feet are itchy, the desire to head out into the day is constant. The warmth beckons so we head to Crocknafola Wood for a good walk. Not a mountain walk because we've got things to do later and mountains are for stopping of time. You need hours. The peak guardians are everywhere though and I can still feel sleeve muck on my back as I look towards the path ahead, like a lonely giant that somehow seems apart from the other peaks. We pause in the car park to hoard blackberries, stuffing ourselves among the coconut-scented gorse. We follow a dirt path and the call of a stone chat uphill, keeping to the edge of the forest. It's mostly plantation here, but there are patches of willow and hazel breaking through. As we move away from the gaze of sleeve muck, I can feel my feet treading more lightly and my heart rate starting to slow, my anxiety about school flowing into the earth. Then I feel the sizzling anticipation that something is waiting for me, and as I glance down there's an orange flutter, a gauzy light sprinkled over amber wings, small copper butterflies, about ten of them, communing. Some are ragged, others pristine. They flit and rest on each other. Those with worn wings and those with still velvety and bright wings, journeys beginning and ending, all as one. I reluctantly leave the glow of the butterflies behind as we hike up and onwards around the forest, where clouds of midgets compete for sunlight in the cool breath of the trees. 
The walk becomes monotonous, but the light remains extraordinary, turning the pathways gold on either side of the plantation darkness. Dragonflies zoom overhead. The rattle of jays casts a spell. I continue to feel light-footed until we reach a section of the pathway which is flooded. Either we'll have to make our way around it by walking up a bank of tangled in brambles and gorse, or go straight through, waiting. Lorcan and Blanet are already taken off their socks and shoes, laughing, almost hysterically excited. Dad realises he'll have to do the same. Rosie can't manage it. Greyhounds, especially if they've had a tough beginning in the racing trade, can age very quickly. She daintily and distastefully shakes her paws if they get wet. Maybe we've pampered her for the last five years, but she's not an adventurous dog. Mum asks if we need help and receives shoes and socks gracefully, then turns down the opportunity to wade herself and sets off through the dense growth of the verge. The sensory feeling of mud should be wonderful for a young naturalist, but it's something I'm still learning to enjoy. I don't know why the squelching is so excruciating. I chose the hard earth option, even though scratches and cuts are inevitable. I'm distracted easily and find a bulberry bush with five seven-spot ladybirds basking in the sun. One opens its cloak and with humming wings flies the short distance to my outstretched finger. It rests there for some seconds before ambling down onto my wrists where I feel the tickle of its legs. It flies away when a beam of sunlight lands on its body. I stay still, watching the remaining beetles, the way the shadows rise and fall, the brightness of the red changing with the clouds.